I can't stop thinking about them. I keep rereading their old texts. Brian, Brian, this has got to stop. It's been months and they send those alerts to everyone. You know that, right? Look, your bank is leaving, but you got to get back out there. Listen to me, any bank would be lucky to have you, especially Bank of Ireland. Really? Yeah, they've even put together a simple step-by-step guide to move on banks and have a dedicated team on hand to help. Even an ending could be a new beginning. To start finding your new banking partner, download our step-by-step guide to moving banks. Search Bank of Ireland Big Move. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. The Eason Book Club on The Pat Kenny Show. Sharing book recommendations with book lovers every month. So for this month's Eason Book Club, we have chosen The Dark by Emma Houghton. And we need to find what our panel thought of the book. And that panel, of course, is Claudia Carroll here uh, with me in studio and Stephanie Preisner and Keith Walsh. You are all very welcome. And Keith, I believe this was your recommendation. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, I was happy enough with the with the um, with my choice in the end at the start initially. Uh, just let me tell you a little bit about the book first. Uh, so, um, the name of the doctor, Doctor Kate North, uh, even though she's going uh, south to the Antarctic, um, she has landed the job as the doctor for the United Nations Antarctic Ice Station, the UNA, and she's been sent as a replacement for this uh, previous doctor, Jean Luc. Who has um, who has died, and and this is a this is a fresh start for Kate. Um, so she's going to look after this team of twelve that are down there, and she's making it uh, number. She's number thirteen, so that could be like a bad omen. Um, so she and, and the 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 start of it was great. I really enjoyed it because it was kind of like I don't know if you remember Alex Garland's The Beach. You know when they land on the beach and they start meeting all the characters and. You know, this guy's the chef and he's Swedish and this is the person who's in charge. And, this, you know, this is the grumpy person and this is the cool person. This is a really friendly person, you know. And it was kind of like that sort of like, you know, bunch of backpackers in a hostel. But I suppose from, you know, from the name of the book, uh, you know that something bad has happened or is going to happen. And uh, also there are hints at um, Kate's private life and what's been going on with her and, uh, I'm not giving anything away. Um, she mentions, um, you know, the tablets she's on and uh, the, the scar on her face. Oh, and, and let's be clear, it's not just the tablets she's on, it's her personal stash of <laughs> tablets. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, she has her own personal stash and there's other tablets there available to her as well. Uh, and will she be able to uh, resist those? So that's kind of the setup. And they're going to be locked in there for the winter, just the 13 of them. Um, so so it's a it's a brilliant setup. I'll well, leave it there for now. On that topic of the setup, Claudia, as an environment goes and as uh, um, as Emma describes the environment, it has the, the great advantage of being wildly open but hugely claustrophobic. Oh my God. It's set, um, the dark is set in probably the most unforgiving and inhospitable environment you could ever possibly in. And Kate, Dr. Kate North has volunteered to take over from a doctor, her predecessor who has died very tragically. Um, and the uh, the the environment becomes almost like another character in the book. She's volunteered for the winter crew, which is the slot no one wants because winter, by the way, lasts for eight months, and it's dark twenty four seven. And it's also the silence. There's no noise. It is so hostile an environment that they're told very clearly. 
if you, for instance, don't go out in the correct gear, you are dead within minutes and it's an awful way to go. Um, if you forget a glove, you will lose fingers. It's that instantaneous, which is what's happened to Kate's predecessor. And tragic accidents happen all the time in Antarctica. It's explained to us. But this goes deeper and she begins to suspect that maybe her predecessor's death wasn't an accident. There's 12 characters on the base, 13 including Dr. Kate, and it's a classic locked room mystery. A bit, It sort of gave me, um, reminded me of Agatha Christie's and then there were none. And one by one, these... Oh, well, don't awful, go too far. I won't go too far. <laughs> but you, you, you wonder, is it, it does the... It's an interesting question you ask because you wonder, does the environment play a part in people just cracking up? Some characters thrive. One of them um, creates a kind of indoor golf course for herself and becomes a golf, gets her handicap down or whatever. Another grows vegetables, all indoors, all under fake light. There is no light. And... Kate becomes suspicious because no one's talking about the death of her predecessor except for his best friend who's bereaved and who's absolutely cracking under the strain. And every time it's mentioned, there's furious emotional responses and everybody walks out of the room. A powder keg, an absolute powder keg. Um, but then there's another element, um, again, with no plot spoilers, but Kate herself is, it's that thing of the unreliable narrator because we know she's escaping past trauma in her own life back in the UK. She wants to go to the furthest, most distanced outpost that she can possibly get to. And boy, does she. Uh, one of the things uh, Claudia mentioned there, Steph, is is the fact of the 12 different characters. It, in, it actually ends up being a very useful device that they all or most of them have different nationalities because it allows you to keep an awful lot of plates spinning in the head as the plot develops. Yes, um, they are sort of genericised because I think that's what you need. Otherwise, you'd need a cast list. Well, I did. I find it difficult when there's too many dramatist personae floating around a book. So they all like there are a lot of stereotypes. There's, you know, the Indian chef with his turban who makes a great curry and, you know, um, the lesbian woman who wears dungarees. So they are sort of broad uh, characters, which is it's not great, but it does help kind of to keep the to keep you remembering, oh yeah, that's that one. Um, and yeah, the, I really enjoyed the book towards the end. I felt the pace, like if you're looking for a fast paced thriller, this is not that. You're sort of, it feels like you're kind of with them in the long winter in real time with the light fading from you. Um, I read it in 30 degree heat there when it was really hot a few weeks ago. Um, so I think I highly recommend reading it in winter because it is very atmospheric. And once you sort of, once the plot gets going, you're there with it almost like a snowball. But this, I kind of would describe it more of a mystery than a thriller, really. Did anyone else find it like not very thrilling, but quite mysterious? I found it both. Keith, what did you think? Keith's gone. Oh no, this is the dark all over again. This is it's the happened dark. to Keith. Keith's this was been murdered. And then there Keith's were two. Been killed or killed himself. <laughs> yeah. Claudia, you were saying, did you find it mysterious or thrilling? I found it both. It completely gripped me right from page one because you know that there is someone with malice aforethought locked into that tiny group of 12 people in the middle of nowhere and no, they can't get help. Did it get you from... Because I found there was a bit of... You sort of had to walk into it, like though you were yeah. committing to seventy or eighty pages before you got those first. Did you? Ep- yeah, like it's a while before you get the first undercurrents of something is afoot here. 
Right, I see what you mean. Because I suppose they're also welcoming to her in the beginning. Yeah, and it's only when there's, there's that first flash about the death of her predecessor, because you you know it is evident that that's what's going. But that's when it begins. But that's a fair step. Am I right on this? That's a fair. Yeah, bit in? like it's a fair bit in when she, you know she finds a clue, let's say, and at that point you're like, oh okay. But for the first bit, it's like. And, you know, we're walking around the house and here's where the butter is and this is don't touch this thing. And, you know, th- they do have to set up because this is such a strange location for a book that people aren't familiar with. They do have to set up the rules like they have to tell us if you go outside without your gear on, you're going to die because that will become important later. And here's where the generator is. And this is how far the igloo is from here. You know, you do kind of have to set the landscape so that you understand the next plot points in the book. But I did feel like that that sensation of like that bit in a roller coaster at the start where you're going up and like, okay, come on, get, get to the bit where the action happens. And then it does, but you do sort of have to go there. Claudia, is it one of those books that you don't read alone in the dark? <laughs> oh, you could read it alone in the dark, but it's got this really interesting element that I always find intriguing, which is um, we know that the narrator, Dr. Kate, Kate is addicted to painkillers. So at a very early point in the book, you find yourself thinking, do I believe her? Because you know that she's she's self-medicating um, way more than she should. And it's just... It, it and in a way that's not not properly medical doctor, like she describes seeing, quotes, a load of benzos when she opens the medical cabinet. It's like, I don't think doctors call benzodiazepines. Benzos. Benzos. That's that's a worrying sign when your doctor says that. So would you give it the recommendation? I would heartily give it a recommendation. Steph, what about you? Uh, Yeah, I I would too. I definitely would. Coming into Winter Into the Dark now, yeah, it's an easy read. But if you're looking for something terrifying, it's not terrifying, but it is mysterious and intriguing. If we fish Keith out of whatever crevasse he went down into, I will get his recommendation and uh, bring it to you. This is is like the the book. People disappear. That's it, one by one. I'm afraid to go back to Stephanie in case she's not there the next time. No, I'm here all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a recommendation for the dark. This does mean that we have to get to our choice for uh, the October book club. And Stephanie, it's going to be your turn to pick the next book. As always, we'll give you the weekend to decide and then we announce the winner on Monday, September 20th. So I'll give you a sneak peek of the four books that Eason have recommended for October. First up is Nanny, Ma and Me, an Irish story of family, race and home. It's written by three members of the one family and this warm-hearted and humorous memoir explores the issues of race and Irish identity across three different generations. One of the authors, Kathleen Jordan, moves to London in the 1950s to train as a nurse where she falls in love with a Jamaican man with whom she has three children. However, upon returning to a less ethnically diverse Dublin, she soon discovers that her children's skin colour will set them apart. Her daughter Dominique recalls her struggle to fit in while growing up in the inner city, while her daughter Jade gives an account of life as a black teenager in 21st century Ireland. Next is The Sisters Mao by Gavin McRae. Set in the 1960s, this novel tells the tale of two different families determined to rail against the political establishments in London and Beijing. Ava and Iris, both members of an anti-establishment performance collective, plot an attack on a London theatre where their mother is playing in the lead role in Miss Julie. At the same time, Zhang Jing, the wife of Chairman Mao, plans to use her gala ballet performance to attack and denounce her enemies within the Communist Party. Set against the sexual revolution in Europe and China's cultural revolution, their intertwined stories demonstrate that the personal is always political. Then we have Iron Annie by Luke Cassidy. Debut novel promises, uh, provides rather a glimpse into the dark underworld of Dundalk, replete with Dundalk vernacular and many notable locations in the Louth town. Iron Annie tells this tale of Aoife, who forms a relationship with Glasgow native Annie. 
when Aoife is asked to transport 10 kilos of cocaine to Great Britain and he decides to tag along. When her partner decides that she doesn't want to return to Ireland, Aoife makes a decision that changes everything. And lastly, we have Snow Country by Sebastian Fox. This is the sequel to the acclaimed 2005 novel Human Traces. The story begins in 1914 when an aspiring Austrian journalist named Anton is parted from his love interest before the outbreak of World War I. We also follow the story of Lena, the daughter of an alcoholic mother who leaves her hometown for Vienna. Her and Anton's lives become intertwined after she returns to work in the Schloss Sieblick Sanatorium, where Anton has been sent to write a news feature. What transpires is an epic love story set to the snowy and tumultuous background of Europe during the interwar years. And for some reason that I can't express, I find that one particularly compelling and do hope that it wins. All right, Stephanie, it's up to you. Have a think over the weekend. We're going to catch up with you on Monday to see which book you picked for October 14th. Okay, Isn't Anton, it? I will consider it over <laughs> Thank the weekend. You. Hint, hint. <laughs> anyway, much appreciate uh, our book club panellists, Claudia Carroll, Keith Walsh and Stephanie Preisner for joining us on the Eastern Book Club today with rounding support for The uh, Dark by Emma Houghton. And you can join us and discover more at newstalk.com forward slash Eastern Book Club. I can't stop thinking about them. I keep rereading their old texts. Brian, Brian, this has got to stop. It's been months and they send those alerts to everyone. You know that, right? Look, your bank is leaving, but you got to get back out there. Listen to me. Any bank will be lucky to have you, especially Bank of Ireland. Really? Yeah, they've even put together a simple step-by-step guide to move on banks and have a dedicated team on hand to help. Even an ending could be a new beginning. To start finding your new banking partner, download our step-by-step guide to moving banks. Search Bank of Ireland Big Move. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.